0: You are listening to Fresh Oil, a podcast that examines the human condition while coming to terms with the purpose of life. Hello and welcome to this interview where we take a look into the head, hands, and heart of someone that we admire, are intrigued by, and want to go deeper in conversation with. This week, it's Mark Schaefer from Business Grow, a digital prophet, lifeguard for those treading water in the data lake, and penman with a lot to say, a man that many call friend. He's a leading social media light, asking many of the right questions to get into answers that we need. Okay, so today we're interviewing uh, someone that I hold in high regard and who is uh, held in high esteem for his skill, his knowledge, and a side of him that's not often seen, his personal compassion and commitment to the human experience. And as you know at Fresh Oil, what we're all about is coming to terms with the purpose of life and navigating life. And so we look at three things. We're going to look at Mark Schaefer's thinking, and I call that let's take a look at your head. And then we're going to talk about your hands. Let's take a look at what you do with your hands and where you get the satisfaction in your work. And then last of all, we're going to have a little bit of a look at Mark's heart. Because you don't have you don't get to see so much of that because of what is His professional life is being presented, and he has a very good private life that he likes to keep to himself, I'm sure, in many ways. But we're going to ask him some questions that might let you, the people that may buy his books, that may listen to his podcast, that may read his uh, material, or may even see him live or be a student in his classroom, or a business that is considering even hiring Mark. It's a great process. So let's open up, first of all, Mark, the dancing. So what about the dancing? You
1: said I would be able to dance and sing on this podcast. Okay. I thought that's now what this was all about. Now we're really
0: getting right down into it. Okay, you can dance and you can sing, yeah. but we will have to wait until I cue the music. <laughs> all right. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because I've been getting oh, into the Hollywood thing lately, and I'm getting I'm getting pretty good at it. Okay. Getting pretty well, good at it. Now
0: yeah. that we know where your hands and feet are trying to take you to. Let's get on topic right, and let's get, get back on to the first here. thing. Mark Schaefer, when I first came across you, as an anecdote that stays with me, I unfriended you or I unlinked you on, on uh, Twitter. I stopped following you. And as I was doing well, that, you had an amazing tweet that said, why are the social media elite ignoring us? And I re-followed you because I thought... <laughs> I don't like being ignored and I know they've ignored me and they don't know who I am, but that's their problem. And then, because I was just getting to the me? point where it was like, who is anybody? I'm going to start again. But as, as the nature uh-huh. of it is, and as the Tao of Twitter has been so eloquently delivered to us by none other than yourself, it mm-hmm. started to make me question, what drives someone like Mark's thinking? And that's the first question tonight. What drives your thinking, Mark? Mm -hmm. Well, I think
1: um, what I'm best known for, I think, well, at least what I hope, excuse me, uh, at least what I hope I'm known for is original thinking. Uh, whenever you visit my blog or my books or my podcast, uh, you're, you're exiting the, ex- the echo chamber. Um, and so this is difficult. And, and I had a comment from a friend one time, and he was a young guy, and he was getting into the social <clears throat> media field, and he said, you know, when I started all this, I, I wanted to be like you. I wanted to be uh, a writer, and there was just too much pressure for the new. And we all, you always have to come up with something new. And for me, it, it really hasn't been a problem. In fact, I've just got so many ideas and so many things I want to talk about. If I could find a way to to write uh, and, and make a living at it full time, that's probably what, what I would do. And I think the key is two things. Number one, I look at the world as if it's a story. I, I always try to twist things, like things that are happening in my life, and think about, well, what's the lesson here? How would that be a blog post? It might even be something, Billy, like being in the grocery store and seeing a headline on a tabloid, and i think, well what would a mm-hmm. blog post look like that that <laughs> has a headline like that the other thing so so I'm, i i kind of have a nose for news i think i'll 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 look at the world in a slightly different way to, and and maybe with some element of curiosity that um that 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 really fuels my my thinking the other thing i would say is that I think a certain amount of courage goes with mm-hmm. thinking and writing on the web. that to to stand out, you you need to be yourself and you need to have the courage to be yourself and tell your stories. And that is really, really hard to do. And a lot I can't tell you how many times I write a blog post and people will write in the comment section how did you know I was thinking about this today? How did you know we were just talking about this in a meeting? And I think part of the difference is Mm -hmm. that I write about it and other people don't. And it's not necessarily maybe that I'm smarter or more insightful than other people, it's just that I have the
0: courage to actually put it down Mm -hmm. and hit that publish button. That's, That's interesting. We were talking a little earlier, and you said that not only an hour ago that you had a really fantastic story that developed out of your day. Do you have time to tell it? Mm. It's, it's it's my guest, and my guest is the person that <laughs> drives. I am putty. Okay, in your I hands, want to hear this Billy story. Blaney. I think it's going to be great.
1: Well, you know, yeah, you were asking me about. Um, you know, what I get out of it. And uh, I'm just at a, a, such a marvelous place in, in my life where, you know, I've had a really great career and, and uh, I've had a lot of great experiences. And I think at the heart of everything that I do, I'm a teacher, whether I'm in the classroom or blogging or speaking or write a, writing a book. I just approach things as what can I do to, mm-hmm. to give back, all these great gifts that I've had. And I had a call uh, today. Uh, I didn't recognize the number. In fact, it was kind of a strange looking phone number. And I answered the phone and uh, this guy was calling me from the Middle East. And uh, he said, oh, Mark Schaefer, Mark Schaefer, I am only calling you to tell you how much you mean to me. I'm calling you to tell you that I've learned so much from you. You've changed my life. You've changed my career. The things that I'm doing today is because of things that I've learned from you. And I've tried to go to classes. And I've tried to find other teachers here in the Middle East or in Europe. And I haven't found Mm -hmm. anybody like you. And I just wanted to pick up the phone and tell you how much I appreciate you and how much I love you and what your work has meant to me. And that was just the most marvelous phone call I could have ever received uh, for a teacher to hear something like that. I that, understand. Wow. You know, it's, it's getting through. You know, it's getting through. And all this work that I put in, it, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's touching people. You know, it is impacting people. And I, I, I try to be honest. I try to be certainly uh, authentic and even at times vulnerable in my writing. And, um, and I work hard. I work hard at, 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 at delivering great lessons. And it just means so much to me when people tell me that. That, you know, I, I do see this. I do pay attention. I see that your hard work is, uh, is, is working in my life. And uh, that is just, I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. worth more that's than absolutely. any amount of money to me.
0: <laughs> that's a good story. I, I always ask people that Great I story. meet and that I talk to, do you think with a paper and pencil in your hand, And that's the question for you. Do you think with a paper and pencil or a digital device recorder? Oh, no,
1: I'm a a big scribbler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, I mean, I'll, it it would be really uh, (laughs) fun for people to see the whiteboard Mm -hmm. in my office. Uh, These are where the, you know, these are where the books come to life. The, this is where I'll I'll draw diagrams of things that I'm thinking, trying to figure out how does all this fit together, what's the impact of this, and I'll kind of draw it out and got circles and arrows, and then I'll just let it sit for a couple of days, and then it, it'll kind of all come together and and gel. And I yeah I always have a little uh, a little notebook with me, and um, constantly. Scribbling and taking notes and 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 bringing those ideas and eventually, it has to make it into the computer. If it makes it into the computer, that's that's breathing the life into the idea because if it makes it to the computer, it's going somewhere. It's it's ready for it's getting ready for liftoff. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't touch anybody. Like this young man in the Middle East, if it just mm-hmm. resides on a whiteboard, eventually it's got to make the transition into, into, you know, a WordPress blog or something, or or ideas for a book. Uh, that's that's where it begins to ignite and take its first steps into Very the world. Very
0: interesting for me. For uh, I asked this question because I remember in Maxwell Smaltz's uh, books he talked about this professor that worked for Westinghouse. And he would sit in a dark room with a pencil and a paper and a lamp. Mm. And he turned them all off. And he mm-hmm. called it sitting for ideas. And whenever an idea came to him, he turned turn the light mm. on. And it was usually thinking about an idea for a, a mechanical or an engineering problem. And I always followed that pattern. And I always yeah. ask people because if they do that, they tend to be producers of things. Really good to know mm. at what drives your thinking.
1: Well, it's very true you know, it's very true because uh, when I get very, very busy, I'm not creative. You you need to let it flow. You need mm-hmm. to, st- you need to get quiet. Where I actually have my greatest creative moments uh, is sitting beside a stream in the mountains. We, uh, where I live, it's very close to the, to the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. We have lots of great trails and rivers and lakes around here, and just going up and just sitting next to uh, a stream. And uh, I have this little trick. I mean, whenever, whenever you look at a stream, you can actually see there's, there's different layers of the stream. So you can mm-hmm. look at the reflection on the stream. You can see the water. You can see what's underneath. You can see the rocks and whatever might be in the stream. And you can't see mm-hmm. all three at the same time. It's kind of unusual. You can, you can concentrate on one. You can concentrate on the next one. You can concentrate what the reflection looks like. But you can't see all three. And um, just kind of trying to see things in a different way and trying to be quiet and still, it's amazing how that unleashes creativity and unleashes...
0: So nature inspires to you in many ways to get your thoughts, but I do. But I do know oh, that yes. there is always a man has. who inspires you, and you were—he uh, was your mentor. And would you like to tell me mm-hmm. how he inspires you to think a little bit?
1: Well, this was a a teacher I had when I was in getting my master's degree in Los Angeles. And it was a man named Peter Drucker and, and Dr. Drucker was perhaps the greatest uh, business writer, the greatest author, the greatest business mind and, and consultant in, in history really. Um, Some of his books, even that were written in the seventies and the eighties are still standard business books and classes today. They're still as amazing and as fresh today as as ever. And I got to study under him for three years. And he had a tremendous impact on my life. Um, He was one of the few people of true brilliance that I've met who can take the most complicated situation, the most complicated idea, and really Distill it to That's its That's always essence. intrigued me
0: about listening on your podcasts and, and on on uh, your articles, where you actually mm. talked about him. And I went and looked up the books. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, if you just read his books, it really is his voice. Mm. It's just like he's talking to you, and uh, his his just his his wisdom, and his humor and his kindness really comes through. Because even though he was uh, just one of the most famous business celebrities um, ever. He was most proud of being a, a good father and a good husband and a good grandfather. Um, and he was a very great mentor. You could stop by his his office and say hello and talk to him. I mean, this is basically in his in his later years. He was retired and. They named the business school after him out there at Claremont Graduate University. Um, but it was, it was really one of the great experiences of, of my life. And I'll tell you something funny that this mm-hmm. was a really elite program to get into. And uh, when I applied for the program, I think I was 27, probably 27. Yeah, I was about 27 years old. And I was rejected because I didn't have enough business experience to get into this program with Dr. Drucker. So I appealed to the dean on the principles of EEO, of Equal uh, Employment Opportunity. And he said, what do you mean? I said, you need diversity. You need somebody young in this program. Everybody in this program has white hair. And I (laughs) I finally wore him down. (laughs) And I was the youngest person ever admitted
0: to the program. It shows now that the white hair starting to come on your head a little bit I'm going to change it up a little bit now uh, I'm going to change this up a little bit let's change that subject Because you ah. still there? okay I just lost my screen I can, I can edit that out it scared ah. me a bit whenever you uh, yep, are I'm going here. about what you do what scares you the most about what you do? and maybe what excites you the most and could mm. you tell me why? Um,
1: What scares me the most and it scares me every day is we live in a hypersensitive global world and no one can understand it. No one can truly understand it. Um, I've been very fortunate in that I travel all over the world. And every time I go and really talk deeply with people and start learning the nuances of, of cultures, it just amazes me how different we all are. All are. And uh, I think when I wrote my um, – I had blogged for five years and I wrote at that time that my greatest achievement in five years – was I didn't have a major screw-up. And it's scary putting yourself out there. It's scary putting yourself out there in an honest and open (coughs) way Mm -hmm. and being vulnerable because you're open to attack. You're open to misinterpretation. You're open to misunderstanding. I think you achieved that with uh, content shock. (laughs) Well, you know, that one hit a nerve certainly. That was a blog post I wrote. You know, it's you know, gosh, you don't know, believe it or not, it's been almost really? 2 years since I wrote huh. that blog post, but it's it was January 2014. <clears throat> and that 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 blog post which explored the changing economics of content and actually led to my new book, The Content Code. Um Really changed the dialogue, and I you know mm-hmm. that that took a lot of courage. The blog post took a lot of courage the uh, the The book took a lot of courage it really does, and um uh, I do what I can if I write something that 's really out there. I might run it th- mm. through a few people first, or i 'll post it on the blog to test the water to see. What are, what are people going to say about this? What are they going to think about this before I you know, commit to it for a book or something? But I mean, generally, you just don't know. You don't know any, any day, you know, a, 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 blog, a blog, a podcast, a, a book, even a speech. Um, you know, would I, 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 I'll tell you something. You know, I, I, I gave this speech about return on influence at a talk in uh, Amsterdam. And at the end of the speech, I have kind of this rousing bit of inspiration. And I talk about this story about a young lady who who found her voice on the web and was able to have this really amazing cultural impact when she was like 22 years old because she had the courage to take a stand and she found her voice through her blog. And at the end of the talk, there were hundreds of people there several people came up to me and s- said later you know we could never do that here over here in 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 the netherlands we're 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 taught that you don't stand out you're not supposed to stand out you're supposed to blend in if you try to stand out you're pushed right back down I thought, boy you hmm. know that i feel kind of foolish ending my speech like that and it was just a lesson for me um, even things that seem so well-meaning and obvious to me may seem strange and arrogant to uh, people in in other cultures. So I, I I worry about that all the time. I always sift through everything I write uh, for you know sayings that might seem. I mean, more than half of the people who read my my blog are from other countries or from outside the U.S. And so I always try to sift through. Phrases that might seem strange, or you know, I, I try to be as, as globally and culturally neutral as I possibly can, but intellectually, I know I'm not, and, and I worry about that. I don't want to hurt, I don't want mm-hmm. to offend.
0: So, do anyone. you have a process? Uh, you've mentioned that you talk to some of your friends, you run by some of the stuff that you say is out there. Is there anything else you do to overcome it whenever you decide to press play? I, it's you know there's
1: i don't really think there's there's any easy thing to to do to overcome it honestly you just have to try it and and see what happens and i see that this by far by far is the number 1 obstacle for people to create content on the on the web yeah sure some people might say i don't have time some people might say I don't have enough ideas, but, but by far people will say, if they're honest, that, that would be I'm accurate. Afraid. I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to look foolish. I don't want to be embarrassed. I'm afraid people will think I'm dumb. And look, I mean, I, everybody goes through that. And what you find, if you, you know, I don't try to have all the answers and I don't pretend to have all the answers. I just try to I, I try to come up with the best questions, mm-hmm. not the best answers, and um, and by doing that, I found that people really are generally are very supportive, and th- and I don't have to be fearful that I'm going to be attacked, because um, you know, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, people are really cool and real even when you make a mistake, and. That very, very rare instance where someone attacks you or disagrees with you, it's, it's kind of become like, hmm,
0: well, <laughs> I guess I'm doing my job. And <laughs> that's very interesting. So in bringing all of, all of that little area together, that the biggest challenge in what you do and overcoming it seems to be something that you are not, it's not completely written down that you follow a series of points. Because I'm sure some people would probably be saying, you know, give us something more. It has to come from within. It has to come from the courage to be wrong or to be attacked or whatever it is. And it looks like you've tried to find a very uh, sure-footed place for yourself. And I enjoy that because I've enjoyed your blog and your podcast Mm -hmm. for a long time. And I enjoy your, your companion who is rather a wit himself. That would be Mr. Webster, the one and only. Uh, Just to change it up a little bit more, I want to ask you uh, a very open question here. How hard for you is it to be yourself? You're a celebrity. You're celebrated. You're open to Mm. criticism. You're well-known. You're uh, multiple uh, authored books. People on the digital world know who Mark Schaefer is. Whenever you're not at home by the lake or riding that boat or in that beautiful home that you have there that we've seen little glimpses of, I'm glad that you don't show us at all because of the privacy thing that I enjoy, it just is intriguing. So how hard do you find it to be yourself whenever you're a public entity on display as often as you are?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know if this is unusual or not, but um, f- it's not really hard at all. Um, and when I was writing the the content code book, I have this chapter in there called The Heroic Brand. And I think it's my favorite chapter in the book. And I interviewed about 50 different people about how do you achieve this stature on the web, And one of the themes that came out was congruency. That wherever you are, whatever the platform, if you're on a podcast or a blog or you're on a stage or you're meeting someone, you know, just, you know, at the mall or wherever you see them, that they're the same, wherever they are. And I had this really lovely story. I met this uh, incredibly impressive young woman who's quite famous now. Her name is Bethany Moda. And uh, I met her at South by Southwest. And she's been listed as one of the 30 most influential people on the web. And she's a YouTube star. She's got like 10 million followers on YouTube. And she's making millions of dollars a year. And one of the ways she makes this money is she uh, is a spokesperson for a line of clothing. She's Mm. also designing clothing. And she told me, she said, I don't wear their clothing all the time. Why would I? And I was thinking, well, <laughs> because they pay you. <laughs> and she said, if I wore their clothing all the time, people would know something was wrong because they wear all different kinds of clothing. And I thought, mm-hmm. what an impressive young woman. She's exactly right and it teaches this this lesson that this is leadership that's why people adore her or her and that's why she's heroic is that wherever she is whatever she says she is the same and i don't even really think about it the the only the only thing that really was has was difficult for me it's even kind of difficult talking about it is that I got to a certain point where people kind of treated me like a celebrity. I mean, I don't even like using that word. It's but your reality. I was at uh, a conference. I was at a conference and some lady cornered me and she said, you're a rock star. You're a rock star. And I was just so incredibly uncomfortable. And I just turned to her and said, you know, everyone is amazing in their own way. I'm just a guy with a blog. You, you, you do amazing things every day. And what I had to get over was this idea that, look, people, the idea of celebrity is it exists in other people's minds. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything about it. So I just have to really try to be as, as graceful as I can about it, as understanding as I can about it. And really, I, you know my learning edge for the last few years mm-hmm. is, to, is to accept it. Is, you know, is to accept it and not fight it and just try to be classy about it and be kind about it and uh, be grateful that I'm in a position where people um, you know, feel like they know me and they, and they
0: love mm-hmm. what I stand for and wow. they love my writing. So we're all human. We're all subject to life. What do you do to keep yourself on the track of the life that you live? Do you have any little checks and balances that you, know, you don't? See, I know you. I've 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 observed you. I've spent a lot of time mm. paying attention to you. You don't seem to me to be someone who mm-hmm. uh, ego would puff you away somewhere. Uh, the lilies being tossed at you wouldn't be something that you would, you know, slyly ra- slip down there and kiss your own hand, but whenever things go wrong, cause life's full of that. Mm-hmm. What do you do to keep yourself mm-hmm. on track? And what do you do when you know you're not on track? Well,
1: um, I wrote a, a, a post highly personal post a few weeks ago, uh, called simply what is the meaning of life <laughs> and someone actually asked me that in an interview and um i you know it was one of the few questions i stumbled on that i hadn't i didn't really have a good answer so i thought quite a bit about it and um i've had uh, you know i i i went through quite a few years of uh of I know personal this, and this is where I want suffering. to go now. Uh, and um, and so, coming out of that, look, you know, I'm not unusual. Everybody suffers. We're equal in our human condition. That um, you're just going to suffer. Uh, Viktor Frankl says in his amazing book, "A Man's Search for Meaning," that that mm-hmm. to be human is to suffer. And what defines us as humans is really how we handle that suffering. Can we turn that suffering into something else? Can we turn that suffering into something positive and powerful, or does it destroy us? That is really the tipping point. And one of the things that that the years of suffering, how it changed me is, and this might sound I don't know, anticlimactic in a way, but the thing that really keeps me centered is is just peace. I don't I'm not trying to climb the corporate ladder. I'm I'm not trying to build, you know, a great agency. I don't care. Sincerely don't care if I have a New York Times best selling book. What really is a great achievement for me is is peace, peace in my heart and peace in my mind and peace in my life because mm-hmm. I lived in chaos for so many years. And um, so by um, comparison, there's nothing that could,
0: nothing that happens that's as mm-hmm. bad as, what as I those What I found years. very <laughs> fascinating, and one of the reasons why some of these questions are here for you tonight is you took one moment out of all of your time as this public figure for podcasting, your speaking, your teaching, your teacher's role, and you took a small time and you talked about it all one time. Was there something that prompted mm-hmm. you to, at that moment in time, to bring that out and let people see that about who you were? Well, th- yeah, it's a simple answer that.
1: I saw this statistic that that haunts me, and that is that about a third of the people who look at their Facebook newsfeed experience jealousy as their overwhelming Hmm. emotion. And um, I'm very sensitive to this, that on Facebook, we show Mm -hmm. our shiny best selves. And after you get a steady diet of people cooking the very best meals (laughs) and going on the very best vacations with the very best spouse that anyone could ask for, that you start to think, wow, I can never achieve that. And so it's always in the back of my mind. I get to go to cool places. I get to meet interesting people that whenever I post these things and I, I enjoy you know, kind of giving people little glimpses of my life. I don't want people to feel jealous. I I want them to feel some sort of bond and, and communion with me that, that I'm, you know, I am a person who, who has bad days and is sick and has arguments with his wife and, and has suffered just like them. And so I thought I, um, had this opportunity to do this bold talk up at um the inbound conference Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a little ted talk kind of thing and they challenge you to get out of your space to you know to create something bold and different that would be unexpected i thought okay you know i'm going to do something very different so i talked about my personal pain and the very very uh the crisis that i had been in in my life and 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 the suffering and talked about how over time this has forged me into uh a better person a better friend a better husband a better writer uh, a better listener uh, a more courageous person and that um that that really is a a, a key to life to and and look time doesn't heal yes. time numbs Nope. We're never going to forget. Hopefully we can forgive, uh, but we're never going to forget. And there's always going to be that little dark spot, that little hole, the little voice that that reminds you and whispers and tries to bring you back down. Um, But you have to make, you just have to make a decision to, to, you know, live your life in a joyful way, to not have, jealousy or anger or rage be your overwhelming emotion but you need to make a decision that I want joy to be my overwhelming decision and if that means unfollowing people on Facebook or blocking toxic people from mm. you know your life it's true. then
0: that's what you have to do we certainly do we're going to come down into the very depth of the heart of this now we've looked in Mark's head and what drove us thinking and We've looked at what brings him satisfaction in his work today and how some of his biggest challenges are that, and we've talked now a little bit of how hard it is for him to be himself in the light of the celebrity-driven age we're in. These are the last three real big questions for you. I observe that you are someone that provides, through the real meaning of the word, charity for somebody else, like the young man that you're helping, and the great story of the door that he wanted for Christmas. That was a fantastic story, yeah. <laughs> and what what a keen lit, what oh, a keen a, mind a that memory. guy has. <laughs> uh, that that's all he wanted. Mm-hmm. Now, have mm. you ever been the recipient of real charity like that?
1: Oh my goodness! Could you pick yes. an instant? Of course. Uh, uh, well, I mean, um, to make a very long story short, something that comes to mind was, um, uh, there was a point in my career where I was, uh, a, a young man and, um, was given a tremendous amount of responsibility, uh, on my career, uh, with my company. It was a great, great company and great, great bosses. And, um, I had, I fell into some very incredible circumstances that forced me into lawsuits and there were problems with my house. And it's just like one thing on top of another. And I had just been given this new job. And, uh, one of the, uh, the, the plant manager from the facility that I was in called me into his office and he knew I was under all this pressure. And he said, you know, he said, you you have done such a great job here. You mean so much to us and you've already accomplished um, so much. And we really feel terrible that all these problems have occurred because if you hadn't come here and accepted this job, you never would have had these problems. So we are going to pay all your legal bills. Not only that, we're going to have the company lawyer be your lawyer to get you through this thing so that you can just concentrate on your work, on your life, on your family, and you don't have to worry about this burden. And, uh, you know, something like that, um, Mm. it teaches great lessons about, about, uh, loyalty and leadership and caring and listening. And, uh, you know, it, it, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Whatever they paid in legal bills, they got a hundred times more out of me just because of the love and devotion I had mm-hmm. for the people who did that for me.
0: Which leads right into the next question that is tied into this very thing at the heart of Mark Schaefer. Do you have those count them on one hand friendships? And would you maybe tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I really only have, count them on one hand, friendships. Um, I'm really um, a bit of, a, of an introvert. I, I don't enjoy uh, crowds. I'm very uncomfortable <laughs> with crowds. I, I love being up on the stage because I, I, it's a way for me to deliver a, a lot of impact in a short period of time. And I and I'm good at it, and and people love to see me on stage. But like being at a conference where you're just surrounded by mm-hmm. by dozens or hundreds of people, you know, I just I'm not comfortable with that at all. I I like being at dinner with one person or two people and having having a uh, a great talk. So yeah, over the years, I, I just have really um, a, a couple of friends. My my best friend is someone who was that's my best while. friend in high school that's a while now he's still my still my best still my best friend today and uh we don't see each other that much but um when we do talk on the phone or connect we live you know all the way he lives all the way on the other side of the country you know it's just like we never we never left i mean things well that just would pick define an accountant uh, right and away friendship, so for sure yeah i mean that's that yeah I, I i don't have uh you know dozens and dozens of really close relationships like that i've been extremely fortunate to have a lot of great friends that i've met through social media i certainly count you as as uh, one of them That's Very kind of you. um but it, 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 as far as really the you know the the people that have
0: that have <laughs> stood the test of time <laughs>
1: uh, there's 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 probably about uh, there's probably I about laugh three because i know
0: the truth of it let's come down to the very last thing that Brings out this very heart of Mark Schaefer. What's the core ingredient that you consider describes you?
1: <laughs> uh, yes, the core ingredient <laughs> hmm. um. <clears throat>
0: Well, it used to be piss and vinegar. I still think there's some of that on your podcast. <laughs> there is a little of that.
1: Um, I th- I would have to say it's um, it's it's strength through humility, okay. uh, and. Uh, I think it's the only way to be. Um, I, I think that really pervades um, everything that I that I do. Like I said, I mean, I don't pretend to have all the answers. I just I just want to ask the right questions. I mean, when I'm in a consulting, I mean, I consult with companies in, in you know, in pharma and in defense and in sports and in retail. How can you, and this is something I learned actually from Dr. Drucker. He said, How can you possibly be so arrogant that you think you know more than these people that have been working Mm -hmm. in this company for 30 years? Your job is not to have the right answers, it's to help them find the answers themselves through asking the right Hmm. uh, questions. Uh, I think that. You know, I come from very humble roots. I mean, my, um, my, the people that were, uh, in my family, they were farmers, they were laborers, they were plumbers. And, um, you know, I was, I was brought up in a hardworking kind of blue collar environment. Um, I appreciate that. I'm comfortable in that environment, um, and uh, so I never forget that. I mean, I never I never forget uh, where I come from. And, and I, I just, you know, there's this little voice mm-hmm. in my head. I think it's my grandfather who was a plumber for 50 years. And I, I look at some of this stuff on social media that's just not real. Mm-hmm. It's just so hyped up. And I, the, the little voice in my head is my grandfather, I think. Just, you know. Um, sitting there with his pipe and his and his mm-hmm. glass of, of of whiskey, you know, just saying, you know, just mm-hmm. calling calling this stuff out, thinking, oh, come on, you know, that's not real, that's not the real world, and uh, it keeps it keeps me centered, it keeps me humble, and uh, I mean, there's it, there's just no other way to be, I mean, I I know my my place in the world. And, um, you know, I, I, I do a lot of things that, you know, in the, for the community and, and even for the world that I don't talk about, that people don't know about, um, that, uh, because I, I don't, I don't really think it's appropriate to, mm-hmm. um, you know, to toot that horn and, 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 uh, and pump that up because mm-hmm. that's not the reason that I do it. Um, so, and so I, 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 that's, you know, that's, that's my part in the world, is, is helping people, mentoring people, changing things a little bit here and there for good, mentoring these young inner city kids, giving them a role model, a father figure. Uh, um, that's important. It's really important. Giving, you know, helping them learn how to make the right decisions. Yes, That's going to change the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, more more than
0: a blog post well, those are all good things and very much for me having this conversation with you I've tried to tailor it to where we just started to just slowly drive it down into this wedge and you have a bro- and well thank you, you've got a well, good broad a base job. of thought going the, the, on there and you've been exposed to fantastic uh, experiences your way you function is very attractive to me In in what you do and how you go about it. And driving down into the heart of the man, there's just so much more there that could be drawn out. Now we're at the very last section, and what I'd like to do is I'd like you to have a few minutes, and the floor is yours. Be it what you want to say, what you want to talk about, if you want to, uh, definitely I'm going to let everybody know that your books, I just bought all five of them again digitally. And I've read and I've read them all again in a, oh, a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm uh, going through them slowly as I as I uh, have really entered the fray in the world that I will be bringing uh, from this uh, my my fresh oil and my take on things. And now it's your chance. I want <laughs> you to just take a couple of minutes and whatever is on your mind that you would like to wrap up the interview with i'd love for you to take the time to do so
1: well what's really on my mind is um how proud <laughs> i am
0: i <of laughs> wasn't you. expecting that mark
1: and how well this is what's on my mind and uh you, you said i can say whatever i want so you just <laughs> have to be quiet uh you are really a lovely human being And um, you have such a rich experience and a rich life. And like me, you have been forged into something amazing and strong and powerful through your experiences and through your suffering. And what an amazing power to unleash upon the world is to have interviews like this where Mm -hmm. we talk about what's real. You know, Web traffic, yes. it's ephemeral, right? Uh, email, how to write a great email marketing headline. Mm-hmm. You know, come on. There's more to life than this. And so uh, it's nice after being interviewed, uh, probably I do an average of two or three interviews a week, every single week for years to finally have an interview that's different and finally go through an interview like this where you try to unpeel things and talk about things that are rich and important and real and but you know this is something that that everybody connects with is 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 really exploring mm-hmm. the human condition and exploring the real light and and power in our lives so i just want to thank you i want to thank you for for doing this i want to encourage you to persist to um, to hang in there even when it's when it's hard I know it's very difficult to create content on a consistent basis and I just want to thank you well, and, and wish you good luck I
0: certainly wasn't expecting that Mark and that's very kind of you thank you I'm very pleased to have met you and to being able to observe you over a period of time great kindness is to take a couple of my phone calls and even initiate a few yourself and uh, I find more and more the person behind the words of your books, and I'm driven to continually reflect on the content and try to emulate in the field that I'm going to be developing something like yourself. So I appreciate that, Mark. And as this interview winds down now, everyone, those of you that get to hear this, you do need to go look at the... uh, Article that comes with this at freshoil.com under Fresh Oil Podcast. And go down to the bottom and look at the links, and you're going to find out that there is really an outside the box thinker with a real heart who is not by any stretch of the imagination lazy. I don't know how he does it all. But then, busy people don't know half either. They just do it, and they get it done, and they're satisfied that they've done the best job they can, and we find it enthralling. So to those of you that listen to this podcast, I want you to know that you should go to uh, Mark Schaefer's blog, Grow, and get familiar with it. You may be like me, somewhat of a lurker who doesn't always comment because you're not really sure where you fit in and you're learning your way. And when you do, it's not to be smart or smart, but you can find great stuff there. If you look between the lines, he's always writing in between the lines. So Mark Schaefer, thank you for coming on Fresh Oil, where we look into the head, the hands and the hearts of a man or a woman who is making their way in the world. Thank you thank you okay that's a wrap
1: (laughs) man that was so good
0: that was enjoyable that was so freaking good after the day I've had and this to come together that was just uber cool Coming up next week on the podcast, some unfaltered commentary on the unknown book that will cut across the grain of most people's thinking. It is relevant, it is interesting, and it's certainly timely considering the madness loose in the world today. You'll find helpful insight into the world's most peculiar and largely ignored book. It's a book that's heralded, lionized, quoted, pilloried, championed, but oddly seldom read. See you next week. You've been listening to Fresh Oil with Billy Delaney. Thanks for pressing play. Okay, well, there was the very first interview with a stellar performance by the one and only Mark Schaefer. And because we started talking a little bit before it, we both agreed that maybe some of the preamble and post-conversation would be something you might enjoy. So without too much editing, for your pleasure in listening, here that is. Because I enjoyed this immensely. It was great. That's right. And that's what you need to concentrate on. You need to keep
1: focused on finding the right guests, finding the right questions, being relaxed yeah and focus during the interview and not worrying about you know all the technical stuff you got to do the hours and hours mm-hmm. you got to put into it to get it ready so anyway but this was great it's fun and i mean it was
0: you you've you're you're definitely, definitely. on to something and there's more to come there is definitely more to come yeah well well, it will be when, published when do you think nah, publish Let me this. see. This is now Monday. I have a I have a very frenetic week. Uh, I'll be doing all the editing this week and then it'll be not this Sunday but the next. I, I intend to publish all my uh interviews on a Sunday afternoon because they're 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 sorta of take you away. You don't have to you don't have to do a lot of studying about mm. that kind of stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. four to six no it'll be out not this Sunday but next. And I'll be leading up to it quite a bit in regards to promoting it and talking about it and uh, getting it ready. Mm -hmm. I use Hindenburg Journalist for my podcasting and I have an intro and outro for various pieces and I have some professional music that I'll break the segments up with. And whenever I put it together and I put it out there, I'll definitely give you the heads up. And then I will definitely give you a heads up.
1: Yeah, let me know. Yes. Something to think about. Um, When I started the podcast with Tom, we we hooked up with this company, um, Voices Heard Media. And they don't pay us, but Mm -hmm. they do all the technical stuff. So all we do is record an MP3 file. If we make a mistake, I tell them where the mistake was. If Skype bumps out, we tell them what it is. And so... They do the editing. They put the thing on the front. They put the thing on the end. They upload it to iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. Something you ought to think about is: is there uh, somebody in town that could do this for you? And just say, look, you know, it's a. It doesn't take much time. It's going to be the same type of thing every time. I just want to send you the file and you do all the work. I'll make you a sponsor of the program, mention you at the top and the bottom, and um, that way you don't have to spend all the time. You can spend your time
0: on creating great content yeah.
1: instead of this technical crap. It's going to drive you crazy. Well, I will definitely crazy.
0: consider that. And as I'm now moving out into to getting this going, I, I, there's a young guy uh, called Dave Jackson and he's been podcasting since 2005. He's in Cleveland, and I go to a monthly meetup. And uh, I might turn it over to him or somebody that he knows that can put together what I want, just go through it. And. Yeah,
1: if, if, even if, you know, if there's someone who's like, yeah, you know, doing that as part of their business, and you might say, look, you know, I've got a small audience, but I'm going to grow it, I'm going to promote it. And. Um, you know, it's not you know th- for you. You know, you've got a full time job. Mm-hmm. You're going to be busy. You've got a family, and you know it. It, it might take them one tenth the amount of time right. that's going to take you, because they do it all the time. So my advice is get rid of it as soon as you can. And and you know what I it, it, you said well you know you're going to do this every four or five weeks. I okay. think you had to shoot for every two weeks. You know, just, con- I mean, this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this took nothing. It was an hour, okay? So if you, so, so it's basically an hour every two weeks, two weeks, two, two mm-hmm. hours a month. And if you can dump it off, dump the technical piece off on somebody okay. else, that is very doable. And you'll create, I mean, I think that'll be critical mass Okay, I will to get a good I will audience. I'll definitely
0: look into what is involved in that, and I will look around locally to find somebody I can trust to put together something that would reflect what I'm after and I'll give yeah. them access to the site to upload it and all of that and get it out of my way to where I'm just coming.
1: Collect and see kind of, just assess where where am I what's working what's not working I I need some I need some downtime to do that and um, have some you know have some bigger writing project ideas that I want to flesh out but
0: it's good everything's good I'm glad to hear it good I'm really glad to hear it well the idea behind this uh, kind of an interview is just as a couple of minute preamble then we can get going if you don't mind is sure I wanted to address something completely different than I was hearing on the uh, general run of the mill you know you're great I love you you're brilliant can you tell me why you're so brilliant <laughs> and oh, did I tell you I think you're brilliant <laughs> uh, and and I know that there's a play yeah but, I, but uh, <laughs> <I like that. laughs> well we'll get into that in a different way oh,
1: stop now.
0: <laughs> I, I'm gonna pull some stuff out of you I hope tonight I'm recording it. I'm recording everything through a call recorder. And uh, there's three areas that I'm that I that I want to address. I want to talk about what goes on in your head, because we all live there. And I want to bring out some life stories, current events, core beliefs, values, things like that. And then I want to talk a a little bit about your hands. What brings you satisfaction in your work? And uh, it might be intellectual satisfaction. Oh, you know what?
1: I I got a, such a great story, and it just happened really? an hour ago. I got one of the most amazing
0: phone calls of my life. Yeah, well, so I got I'll a pull good that story out of you. you. Well, that won't be hard to get. And yeah, I I've I've pilfered some of your stuff because in the hands and uh, what brings you satisfaction, I'm looking for something that is satisfaction that's relevant, interesting, and timely, and maybe even entertaining. <laughs> and I do, I do cite there you, you for that, that line. I wouldn't, I wouldn't steal your stuff. Yeah. And then in your heart, which is a little bit mm-hmm. more where most people don't want to go because there's the danger of the mm-hmm. uh, spiritual values might be spoken, controversial things might, mm-hmm. be, might be spoken. But the idea is that mm-hmm. after Knoxville and that day that we were together, and which was mm-hmm. very interesting, it was the reaction to people who many of, of these people were obviously Christians. And in the environment mm-hmm. that, that the social media is, it's not that you have to tread carefully. You don't want to offend unnecessarily, if that makes sense. Mm. But in this interview... I'm allowing you, and that's why I'll always send out the questions to people so that they can say, you know, mm-hmm. in the audio, will you cut that out? That's not where I want to go. Let's go back to something like this. And I can edit all of that, and I'm happy to do that. And I would always, I would always not, let yeah. everybody know Just, that that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, I'm an open Well, hope. that's two of us, sir. And that's, that's where it's going to go. At the end, one of the things that I thought that I, I would pull out of this uh was this excuse me this idea of charity friendship mm-hmm. integrity and uh some mm-hmm. of these things that a lot of people they're so busy saying me i i did this this the latest thing because of the drive to have information that's out there mm-hmm. too many times people don't see past what's pushing the bow of the ship and the parting of the waves, as it were. They don't see the cargo Mm. of the captain, the Mm. person. So Mm. I wanted to add that in. And then at the closeout, I just want to turn it over to you and let you have five, six, seven, eight minutes, whatever you really choose to do or are comfortable with, Mm -hmm. to talk about Mm -hmm. this whole thing, what it may have done for you. You can talk about your business. You can promote your product. I have no limit on that. On the site, mm-hmm. I've already done pre homework and I've got your picture up there. I've read all of your uh, your bio information that's available for for media. I've taken the short bio. I've picked up all the pertinent links to books and the website and the blog and your podcast, and awesome. that's all in the footer. And what I'm going to do is I hope to get some really good sound bites, and I'm going to pull them out. And uh, I have three sections on the on the pod on on the. Uh, The article that accompanies your image and the text and it's Mm. uh, what goes on inside Mark's head and here's some great quotes and then I'm going Mm. to put them all uh, retweet this so they'll be able to push Mm. that out and go from there. Does that sound interesting enough? Sounds as I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, well, without much further ado, uh, let's go ahead and get started.